Welcome to Opposable Thumbs. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. We have no challenge this episode. We just wanted to say Happy New Year! Ah! My name is Rob Ray. I use the he, his gender pronoun, and I'm a designer and run the exoskeleton art space here in Los Angeles, but I'm recording in Columbus, Mississippi today. And I'm Taylor Hokinson. I'm an artist, educator, DIY enthusiast, CAD cam evangelist, noted tall person. I'm a he, his kind of guy. Taylor, I did want to say we mm-hmm. we had 20 guests over 2018. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's really cool. I, let's see. Mm-hmm. I have the list. We started with Kelly Martin on January 11th of 2018. Then Molly Alice, Cedric Ty, Megan Sterling, and Megan Sotilli, Rita Blake, Tim Sway, Charlene McBride, Andy Berkey, Liz of Blitz City DIY, Jarrett Kwan, Nigel Poor, Kate Conlon, Matthew Shinoda, Quinn Dunkey, Matthew Lippincott, Doug Brown, Debbie Chatra, Michelle Shung, and Maddie Vaccaro. Man, what a lineup. That was, ugh. Yeah. I could talk about any one of those episodes for a full another episode. I like. know, yeah, yeah. So we're almost at 50, which is really crazy. Yeah, I, I really feel like we should give ourselves a pat on the back for that year. That's <laughs> pretty good. Indeed, <laughs> and all our guests as well. I know yeah. that uh, yeah. Megan and Megan, for example, have continued to collaborate together. We're not taking credit for that, but it's really exciting to see. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff. Um, Matthew Lippincott's mm-hmm. fundraiser was successful, and his AirPub project is going strong, which is rad. Debbie Chachara, her um, uh, Olin College uh, residency sounds totally amazing, and it appears that there's funding for at least one more year. Yeah, totally. Tim Sway has this crazy guitar that he's making that's like, it's like a jigsaw puzzle piece almost. And so he can add any type of wood body to a, like a guitar structure. And then like he's testing the different woods to see like, does Koa have a different sound than like maple, which is really cool. Yep. Only Alice has been yeah. doing a bunch of stuff this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, yeah, there's a bunch of people doing crazy cool stuff. So I've been really loving doing the podcast uh, just for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. you know, I get to talk to you and I get to meet a bunch of really interesting people, but it gets me thinking more about how we can extend our reach and, um, you know, we, what should we, we should do with the platform. And it's gotten me thinking about, you know, should we try to do like a, uh, like a print extra- exchange or Ooh. an exhibition or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. thoughts about that? Yeah, that would be cool to do because we're creeping up on episode 50 also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything, Taylor, to uh, to share with people? I have a few links that I wanted to share, but that's it. Are you ready? Yes. Um, I'm afraid I made something this week. Do you oh, want to see it? Did. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help myself. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, let's. I know we... I was supposed to take the time off. So, so one of the things that I did over the last two weeks, and, and I was still thinking about this in terms of iteration. It's like my pre-iteration project. Uh huh. Is I got this little. Um, it's called a personal monitor amp. Is the idea is for, you know, two years or three decades or however long we've been doing this uh, uh-huh. <laughs> podcast. I've, uh-huh. I've never been able to hear my own voice in coming through my headphones. Yeah. So I got this little box and I started to experiment with using it for multi-track recording. Oh. So cool. um, w- way back with the Overkill episode, I threatened to record um, all of the harmony parts of Toto's Africa, at least the chorus. <laughs> yes. And and I have done so, and I'm going oh, to send it to you right gosh. now. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so let me preface this by saying it has been a long time since I was in the amateurs a cappella group in um, <laughs> circa 1998, yes. if, I, if I recall. So um, th- this is after... Um, 
an hour of practicing along with YouTube uh, chord breakdowns. So there's there's some more practicing in my future. But what what is a chord breakdown? Ah, uh, so the um, so melody, right? If um, I just started to read up on this a little bit, and there, there's a couple of different. Um, like, you know, music is actually really technical and mathematical, right? Yeah, right. So on the one hand, there's people that are just famous for be- being able to hear melody really naturally. Uh, so what's-his-name from the Mamas and the Papas was apparently really good at this, where he would just sit down and hear the melody, you know, the primary vocal track, for example, and then he could just come up with um, secondary and tertiary um, oh, harmonies yeah. to go along with it, right? That's cool, yeah. So apparently there's like... I have to take a look and, and remind myself what the terminology is, but it's something like there's tight harmony or hard harmony or something like that, where you basically take the note and then you go up a third or you go up a fifth. And so one way to do harmonies is just to go up a third on every single note in the melody and to match it exactly. Although if you do that every once in a while, you come across a note that doesn't sound that great, at least in that combination, if you go up a third. Uh-huh. Um, so then there's other people that get in there and they try to do much more heavy duty mathematical tricks where they're sort of bouncing up and down all the time coming in and out of tight or hard harmony or whatever the term is. So you can go online and there's people that are really into picking out the harmonies from famous songs, in this case, Toto's Africa. Uh And so this dude got on YouTube and then just play out the melody and then the uh, secondary and tertiary harmonies and so forth. So he goes through the song oh. over and over again and plays them. You can just hear just that and then you just have to learn mm-hmm. what he played. Right. Oh, that's cool. That's really, that's neat. And then you can, so you sing the melody and the melody surprisingly in the chorus is really, really simple. It's just two notes. And then the harmonies are the ones that are bouncing all over the place. Wow. Okay. Ready? So you count it down. We'll play. Yep. Three, two, one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. That was awesome. It was. It reminded mm. me of, like, They Might Be Giants covering Toto's Africa. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a little hard for me to take the white boy out of my voice, although, I mean, Toto's a bunch of white boys, too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, dude. I gotta listen to that again. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dun, dun, dun. Gonna take a lot to drag me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. Amazing. I bless the rains down in Africa. Gonna take some time to do the things we never had. Wow. Yep, there it is. Dude, that's great. I'm always struck how, like, I think of you as having a pretty deep voice, you know? Oh, yeah? Really? I don't think of myself that way. Yeah, but, like, many people sing in a higher, I don't know what the right word is, pitch, octave? I don't know what the right word is. Register, maybe? Register, yeah. They sing at a much higher register than their speaking voice, and I'm always shocked. 
Oh, listen, that was not that was not comfortable for me to sing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, so the um, when when you really sing it, it's actually in some cases I couldn't really pull off the um, the actual note, and so I had to sing what the actual singers would sing in full voice. I had to yeah. sing in falsetto. Oh. And then I made up for it by singing an octave lower. Um, so basically you have the, so the melody would just, would be broken into two tracks, which would be falsetto correct and full voice and octave lower. And then the falsetto is at like 25% gain. And then the lower one is at 75 or something. Whoa. Wow. That's complicated. Yeah, I, cool. I, I think the final thing is like eight tracks long or something. Wow. That was great. <laughs> it was super fun to That's experiment so with cool, you. yeah. Wow. I don't know. At some of the jobs I've been at, I'm either rewarded for or punished for my feeling that I can really just figure anything out, you know? Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I, I sang with a group 20 years ago, and let's dive in there and try to do this thing. Yeah. Like, you know, clearly you do something for 20 years every day. You get yeah. really good at it yeah. in a way that yeah. a Johnny-come-lately can't necessarily touch. But but I think digital technology lets you get, you know, more than 50% Definitely. of the things a lot of old school people really hang on to as, as super precious. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, you, you know, when you are in grade school and you come to realize that, or maybe high school, it depends on how early you get woke, but... You realize one day you're like, oh, when I get out of school, I have to work all year. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the scales kind of fall from your eyes. So when did that happen for you? When when did you have that realization? I guess I, I had a part-time job in high school. Mm-hmm. Doing what? Silk screening. Mm. Yeah, which is a pretty sweet gig. Nice. As like a yeah. already high school senior, you know? Sure. I got a job. They didn't let me silk screen at first. It was with this... This guy who was like a, he seemed so old at the time, but he was probably like 23. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This was in like 1990, I guess. He was making really pretty interesting, like pre-rave era club clothing, you know? Yeah. He did this series of shirts that sold really well that were like characters from the, like from the Andy Griffith show you know <laughs> oh totally yeah and just yeah, the like, beginning of hipster irony man yeah exactly and i was just like what is this why isn't everything right. just a skull or a bat <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 was your, your your inner skater fighting with your raver yeah it was just like whoa this is so weird he made jewelry out of like fimo he would make these logs of like with like lots of weird colors and stuff and then you know cut them up into yeah, hunks. cut them yep yep yep, yep. And, uh, uh, oh man, yeah, this, this word picture is really doing it for me. Yeah. <laughs> and he needed someone to, you know, so he would bake a ton of them and then he needed someone mm-hmm. to paint them with like clear fingernail polish, you know, to like seal them. And so that right. was my first thing I did for him. And then he gradually let me do some silk screening, which was cool. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty neat. Wait, one of my early jobs, um, I worked at this, um, sort of bespoke, knitwear place in oh, uh, yeah. in St. Louis called Skiff, like S-K-I-F. I think uh-huh. it was just one F. And the woman who ran it um, had maybe, I don't know, eight people all working on knitting machines and making custom clothing. She made these like really loose knit sweaters where you could, you know, stick your finger through the... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- through yeah. the holes. And yeah. um, so her stuff was great. 
and she was like 4'11", and <laughs> I can't remember, Italian or Greek or something like that, and really intense. And she hired me, and I was just something like gangly-ass, you know, hulking, skinny kid. Uh-huh. And she said, as as much as I hate this, you know, I need, I need a man's voice um, to do my collection calls. So she had sent out all this stuff over a period of years on... Um, these really loose consignment terms. I, I don't remember exactly, but I think it was something like if people didn't sell all the stuff, they could just send it back to her with no, like with no deadline on it. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, wow. So people would hang on to her stuff for a couple of years. Yeah. And then when a company would go out of business, they just like wouldn't bother to send it back because they were all freaking out or whatever. Yeah, they didn't want to pay shipping. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she so had this giant spreadsheet with, you know, people that owed her 45 bucks or, you know, thousands of dollars. And she just told me to sit down and like call every one of them. (laughs) And it was so funny because you'd call, you had no idea, you know, so you'd call one and they'd say, oh yeah, I can see the box right here. I'll I'll get that in the mail to you tonight. And then other people would just like burst into tears. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Yeah. Ouch. I did not think my voice had that much authority, but maybe uh-huh. she also just didn't want to do it because yeah. it, it truly sucked. Yeah. It also gave her like a, an escalation point. You could be like, I'm, I've got to go talk to... Talking to the Greek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She'll break your fingers. Yeah. I have a couple things that I'm interested in that, mm-hmm. that was that piqued my interest. One of them is called the Open Deck. The Open Deck is a board that is made for people who want to make like their own MIDI controller interfaces. Mm -hmm. And it's like a thing I've always wished existed, which was like a really easy way to make like a whole board with tons of buttons. Somebody really finally went for it and, and made like really nice software to go with it. So you can like program the board, you know, to be used for various things. And it reminded me a lot of Liz from Blitz City DIY's keyboard controller. She made us, um, man, it looks professional. Yeah. It looks really (laughs) good. Yeah. The other thing I've been into, and I have no idea where this is going to go, is I've been looking at at beading and beadwork, Mm -hmm. because I've never done any of that. I was like, oh, beadwork, that could be interesting. So I've been reading up a lot on the different types of seed beads there are, you know, those little beads. Didn't you do a a bead project like in episode three or something like that? It was kind of a bead project where there are these plastic pellets that you can iron with an iron and and turn them into kind of an 8-bit style graphics thing. And it, but this mm-hmm. is like glass seed beads, you know, like that you would thread together. So I've been looking into those a little bit. And then the last thing I was into is this wordcounter.net, which is like one of those sites where you like copy and paste in text and it tells you like, you know, how many, how many more words you have to type to finish your thesis report or what paper or whatever, right. you know, yeah, to hit the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they, but they have a page called random word generator which just generates random words you could say like give me 50 give me all words give me verbs only nouns only adjectives only and i've been trying to think on i have this possible idea for like a instagram handle i want to do you know like maybe it's an instagram feed or something but of course like i listened to a reply episode where people like are getting their instagram handles stolen so that i was like oh no if i want to come up with an instagram channel i have to come up with a completely random but intriguing set of words to you know as the title for it so i've been using random word generator as a as a inspiration i've been bookmarking some of the words i have like sad futuristic surprise clever science glow volcano maybe my (laughs) channel will be like fuzzy insect volcano right or shivering curious 
gaping surprise. I can dig it. Yeah. Or futuristic waste. Yeah, that reply all episode is pretty trippy. People getting their like two factor authentication sim swap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that got me all on about the YubiKey. Although you know, it's something actually. Let me see if I can remember what this thing is called to make your own uh, hardware two uh, FA. Oh, that's uh, cool. Dongle which YubiKey sells, which is pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, so I've been trying to research that as well. Yeah. Do you have a YubiKey? You know, I've been thinking about it, but my understanding yeah. is that. Part of the problem with the two-factor authentication that just sends a text to your phone, I mean, if you're like me and you have messages set up on your Mac, every text that goes to my phone also just pops up on my laptop. Yeah, me too. So yep. if somebody were to steal the laptop, the two-factor authentication wouldn't matter. It's pointless, yeah. The thing with uh, 2FA that's a physical item is that you can plug something into your laptop, like a little USB key, and then say that that has to be present. Every time somebody yeah. wants to log into something. Yeah. Why have you been considering it? We always keep thinking like internet security will get better and it largely hasn't, you know? <laughs> That's gotten worse, yeah. Yeah, and you just see like here's about so many data breaches from companies that you thought were at least doing the minimum amount of protection of your data and they just really aren't. Mm-hmm. So a couple of our Patreons I've spoken to and they're up to cool things. Yeah, let's hear it. David Bellhorn, I traded a couple of messages with, which is really cool, and he's up to neat stuff. I think he mm-hmm. he may have an X-Carve in his future, which is a cool computer-based carving CNC machine, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to hear what he's up to there. I think I'm meeting up with Walter Katundu tomorrow. Not tomorrow, no, Saturday. What are you guys doing? He's in town in LA, and I think I'm gonna we're going to grab coffee in the morning on Saturday, so I'm pretty excited about that. Excellent. Also, Adam is one of our Patreon supporters. He was just uh, giving me some great tips about a unipolar versus bipolar stepper motor wiring. Oh. That's the only teaser I'm going to give you. Nice. What, what's going to happen in two weeks. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, mm-hmm. I haven't started on iteration. I, I need to get going. If this is your first time hearing us, this is only part of the normal format. But if you did like this episode and you want to uh, get a sticker from us, just share the episode on social media or rate us on iTunes. Uh, or let us know you did some other cool thing to share the podcast and we'll send you a sticker. Just uh, hit us up on Instagram at opposable underscore podcast or at our email, which is opposable podcast at gmail.com. And our sticker mm-hmm. uh, is of our awesome neon thumb wrestlers logo created by the mighty wolf mask. You can check out his cool art over at wolfmaskart.co.uk. Uh, and a big shout out to Blondie Hacks, Nick Kantar, Walter Katundu, David Billhorn, Adam Mayer, and Deb Chatra as our top Patreon supporters. Thank you, Blondie Hacks, Nick, Walter, David, Adam, and Deb. If you'd like to join them in the League of Patreon Supporter Badasses, please go to patreon.com slash thumbs to sponsor us. Well, Taylor, Happy New Year. Um, I'll see you in two weeks. All right, Rob, back at cool. you. See you, man. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. finally bought the mixings for manhattan so i've got one of those in my hand how about you nice i'm just chilling i just went out to eat with my mom and my dad and jen which was cool we did the like we're going out to eat because we've eaten the same food for a number of days straight you know indeed Uh, which was nice and yeah and then we're flying back to la tomorrow but sadly our plane has been rerouted and we have to go from mississippi to baltimore and then baltimore to Mm. la Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That hurts, man.